Hello, 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 everyone. This is Ame, and this is Akshansh. And welcome to episode eight of Are You Bored Yet? A podcast about a lot of things, but mostly pop culture and sports and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about sports a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about what was a very short-lived adventure in the European Super League. Uh-huh. Um, and we're going to discuss Ame's favorite player, Timo Werner. A bit of a stretch, but I was <laughs> I was hoping for more. Yeah, so let, let's kick it off with the super controversial ESL. Um, for those of you who might be who might have been not following this whole saga, um, the ESL or the European Super League was this short-lived proposal by um, Real Madrid's president uh, Florentino Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, our very own Mr. Ed Woodward from Manchester United, and I mm-hmm. think Agnelli or whatever his Andrea name is. Andrea Agnelli from yeah. uh, Juventus, the, yeah. the Juventus uh, chairman, I believe. Yeah, yeah, the Juventus guy. And and uh, the idea was that uh, the so-called elite clubs of Europe are going to participate, uh, or rather will be guaranteed uh, participation in this tournament mm-hmm. year in and year out, starting in the 2022-2023 season. Um and as expected, there was severe backlash to this. Uh, yeah, and the the part that made it uh, ugly was that there would be no relegation for these uh, founder clubs. Yeah, which is so dumb. Which just takes the whole uh, competitive spirit and uh, I think the aspirational part of football just out of it. It makes it like a, it makes it like something that's one of those problems you can just solve by throwing money at it. Yeah, and then it's it also so two things there, right? Like financially, it's obviously uh, increasing the divide between the so-called elite clubs and the mid-table or the uh, lower-table clubs, and and uh, even psychologically, is just there is no drive to compete. Mm-hmm. I am okay watching United struggle for another fifteen years in in maybe uh, and then even be a mid-table uh, team instead of watching some pointless competition where I know that they'll, they'll be guaranteed a spot. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. It was very dumb. I don't know why six Premier League clubs. So like, I think that the, there were 12 clubs in all. Mm-hmm. They're called the Dirty Dozen, apparently. The, well, that's app naming. That's, uh, whoever came up with that you know hit it hit the nail on the head it's it's just disappointing and and frankly it was an embarrassment that the clubs even signed on for this and 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 not to sort of point fingers but i'm just gonna go ahead and like discuss the breakdown of the clubs that joined Mm -hmm. um there were six english clubs Mm -hmm. um arsenal chelsea liverpool uh, city uh, manchester city manchester united and tottenham tottenham joined and arsenal Arsenal joined joined. i think they yeah they they were they just wanted to be like. I mean, someone has to lose all the games. Someone has to be the underdog in the Super League. As well. <laughs> I think that's that's what their designated roles were in this uh, this particular ill-advised project. Yeah, and then not only did we have English clubs, we had our Spanish counterparts in uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and following sweep was also the Italian clubs of AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, or not surprising, like, I don't know which one it is. Uh, there were no, there were no French clubs. They they supposedly said no. PSG supposedly said no. Bayern and Dortmund supposedly said no. So it was, mm-hmm. it was just interesting to see. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, this might sound super mean, but it seemed out of character for PSG to leave all this money on the table. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's mean. I think, uh, I think our yeah. opinions on PSG are uh, pretty much aligned. Yeah, and but, but I have mad respect for um, Borussia and... and uh, Bayern for not, you know, not getting peer pressured mm-hmm. <laughs> into joining this tournament of so-called elite clubs of mm-hmm. Europe. It, it was absolute bullshit. There, there, there was no way they... And, I mean, who is their PR guy? How how did they not anticipate a severe fan backlash uh, due to this? I don't know. I think, in, in, uh, in essence, I would not be opposed to this project if it were, like, completely overhauled and all of these... Uh, mm-hmm guarantees to that these teams would be in this forever without any threat of relegation if those were fixed i think i think that's mm-hmm. a, that's a start at like uh, a better approach to maybe coming up with this because uh this was mainly like in response to uefa's uh updated format of the champions league that's supposed to start in yeah. uh, 2024 i believe yeah. or 2023 so uh, it just means uh, there would be more games and more teams in the competition in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just, this announcement was just so abrupt because it came like a day before UEFA's announcement was supposed to happen. Um, I don't know if you want to know this, but there's a cat behind you. Okay. Oh, there was. <laughs> oh, that's, that's okay. My, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a friend. Okay, I see. Hi, friend. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Fun fact: back. I I have named the cat Mbupi after Kilian Mbappe. <laughs> that's that's a nice name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you're right. That I mean the UEFA and then the Champions League in general does need reform, but uh, it's it's funny when when the Duke and the Duchess of Cambridge, like, you know, when Prince and Catherine are saying that this is wrong, when Boris Johnson, out of all people, is saying that this is wrong, like, you must really have screwed up. It's it, it's just sad that clubs did not, you know, their clubs just willingly joined this and did not mm-hmm. even think about how it would affect footballing culture in general. Like, I, I I understood why Klopp was irritated with Leeds uh, players wearing the Earn It t-shirt, right? But mm. that sentiment was present. I think they were just speaking for the uh, larger group of fans and yeah, just football community in general. So obviously, this was driven by financial drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the clubs can't generate enough revenue to keep throwing money at players like Mbappe and Haaland, they can't keep throwing like 120 million or like hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of dollars on like individual marquee signings. Yeah. And I think that is also driven by the football transfer market being being this insane madhouse where people just like Yeah. Inflated it beyond reason. Yeah, there there is there is a systemic problem in, in the footballing world where prize like for, for marquee signings as as you mentioned prices are super inflated. Like the clubs have to shell out almost half of their or more than half of their uh, earnings, uh, especially during this, um, this pandemic uh, mm-hmm. uh, affected market to, to buy one player who may or may not, you know, click for the team. It's, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that hard to like sign players. Like the, I remember, you know, back in the day when you wanted a Vidic or a, Ferdinand or, or maybe like even a, um, 
Balak or someone else. Like Balak, ironically, was signed on a free transfer by Chelsea. There you go. Yeah, and like these sort of things do, just don't happen. Like Zlatan maybe was one of those exceptions where we got him for free, mm-hmm. um, and and he did. It turned out to be a great investment, at least for that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the 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 transfer market is very very inflated. There's just I think it has to have a correction. It has to come back to a point where uh, it, there are sensible numbers associated with mm-hmm. players, not just any like oh. 300 million or like a 150 million that that's just it doesn't they're just sense. like absurd numbers is are just like yeah. mad numbers we can't even visualize how much that is like yeah normal people <laughs> like us yeah it's it's too much it's mad but yeah I, i'm glad that it's over uh, uh, however i think there was i think the need for it as you said was driven in part by the financial woes that a lot of clubs have been clubs have been facing especially the big ones you know with mm-hmm. big uh, players on their play- payroll and, and they have just been shelling out money uh, during a time where there's not a lot of revenue coming in through fans mm-hmm. and um, games are just being played in empty stadiums. So it does, like, I mean, you do understand why they were frustrated or why they wanted to change the status quo. But... Yeah, even the big clubs are hurting. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but this wasn't the way to go about it. This was definitely not the way to go yeah. about it. And... Yeah. Uh, Trivia time, Akshansh. I'm going to ask you a question now. and uh, you get, you I, I suck at trivia. Why would you do this? You get three <laughs> guesses. So I, I'm giving you like uh, more leeway here. So, um, so there was a certain investment bank behind this, uh, which was bankrolling this whole shady ba- operation. Barclays. No, Barclays is already sponsoring the Premier League, so it's not really <laughs> okay. in their best interest. I, I, thought, I thought they doubled down. <laughs> no, so you have two guesses left now. Okay, cool. Let's see. Shady. Um, oh, Goldman Sachs. Nice guess, but no. You get another one. What's really? The other one? Yeah. What's shadier than Goldman Sachs? You know, this is really bad in, in, in case I want a future in finance later on. <laughs> it's fine. We're, we're both uh, in the same boat. <laughs> Might be shooting ourselves in the foot, but yep, yep. it's fine. Uh, Wells Fargo? No, but you're hella close. I, oh, I was just going to give you a hint that it's it's one of the big four banks. Uh-huh. So um, Big four? Yeah, I, yeah I'm just going to give you another guess just because I, I gave you a clue now. Mm, thinking. I'm thinking. I'm still thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, no, JP Morgan. Yep, you finally oh, get finally. it. Finally. They're, 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 yeah. I have, I have points. A, I, <laughs> I have an account with uh, JP Morgan's Chase Institute. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. In terms of shady banks and banks that have pulled it like a lot I mean, of- aren't all banks shady in, in principle? Bo- bo- Ponzi schemes, I tell you. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should all just be keeping all our money inside our mattresses. Just yeah. cash. And, yep, I agree. Or buried in, in, in gold. Like you might be, you might be now after this, whoever's heard this, you might be inviting burglars to your apartment. But yeah. I, just... I'd be flattered, honestly. I, I don't need uh, <laughs> fancy life at all. All, all the money I have is in Dogecoin, so... that's. Yeah. I think that's a worldwide investment. <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We shall, we shall find out soon enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to this whenever uh, Dogecoin blows up, either in a positive way or a negative way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, let, getting let's, back to football. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, yeah, as I said, your your favorite player of uh, the season, Demo Werner. I mean, he's he's been it's been a mixed bag of a season for him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he started off pretty brightly. He got mm-hmm. a few goals, he got a few assists. Overall, I don't think he's had a bad season. I don't think he's going to be slated as a flop or anything close to that. It's just that he comes with such a burden of expectation with him. He comes as this uh, guaranteed goal scorer in uh, the Bundesliga for RB Leipzig and that just brings a certain burden with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, didn't he score like maybe thirty-seven or like twenty-seven goals before he transferred to Chelsea, like in a single season? Like, he, he scored a bunch of goals that season. I think he was probably the highest highest goal scorer in the league. I'm not too sure because they have like people in uh, Mu- like in Bayern Munich who who are prolific goal scorers too. So I'm not mm-hmm. too sure. Uh, it's he, his season. I think I think for Timo, uh, the, the case is quite. <laughs> Interesting, because as a as a young player, he's done curious case of Timo Werner, as this episode is going to be called. Yeah, it is. It is be- because as a young player for his first season in an English uh, club, um, mm-hmm. he's done remarkably well. Especially considering the physicality of the Premier League, that's something that a lot of uh, yeah foreign imports struggle to come to terms with initially. Yeah, I remember when we signed Kagawa and uh, everyone was gung-ho mm-hmm. about that prospect, you know, of Kagawa being in the midfield and uh, just dictating play. And I remember, you know, being mm-hmm. a skeptic at that point and saying that I have a bad feeling about this because Kagawa is this, he, he's an amazing player. Pretty petite looking guy. Yeah, he's like this uh, scrawny looking fellow who, when he goes up against people from like Stoke City or West Ham or I don't know, Crystal Palace, he's going to get butchered. Yeah, one of those bruises. Yeah, it's so so you need to factor all of that. And then considering that he's coming from Germany, uh, uh, performing so well Mm -hmm. uh, in the previous season, and he scored uh, 28 goals with eight assists last season. That's quite. That's quite a lot of key contributions, right? So, yep. and he hasn't done poorly even in this season. I think he's been quite okay. And didn't he score like important goals against Atletico Madrid and Real? I think Real. He scored. He scored in the semis. Uh, just uh, that happened last this week, actually, and yeah. to put Chelsea through to the finals, which is yeah. an exciting I'm, prospect again. I, I am very excited and I'm honestly praying for that Chelsea wins because as, as I've discussed with you before and others, I, I don't know what I'll do if Manchester City wins. I mean, if, if the Premier League game between Chelsea and Man City today is any indication, yeah. can we just talk about that a little bit, please? Sure, because yeah. it's, it's so fresh right now. Like, yeah, yeah, It just happened this afternoon and we're recording at like 6pm. It's. It, I saw the goals. I didn't see the entire match, to be honest. I saw mm-hmm. all of the three goals. Um, Hakim's strike was insane. It was so good, and his left foot is just. It's. It, it's called. A, it's. Called, they call it a magic wand, and they call him the. They call him the wizard. Well, that that was that was wizardry right there. Like he just like it was. It was pinpointed to that corner to the mm-hmm. to the right, right corner. The bottom, of the yeah, yeah, bottom yeah. right corner. It was amazing, and yeah. so the game basically. I'm gonna give like a quick mm-hmm. uh, 
play by play of the game so the game yeah, i'll catch up as well <laughs> go ahead yeah so yeah. initially it was like the first uh 30 or so minutes were they were okay but there wasn't much happening it was just like a midfield battle mm-hmm. and uh you were like you wouldn't be surprised if it ended like nil nil or one one at that point but um just before half time in like the 44th minute raheem sterling scores uh from a pretty yeah. chaotic pullback that kind of had aguero and him struggling and t- maybe even almost tackling each other for <laughs> that finish and yeah. eventually sterling was the one to put it in and yeah. just a few uh minutes after that in stoppage time uh billy gilmour fouled one of their players in the box and that led to a penalty which was i i, I would say it was a surprising uh choice from aguero to try to chip edward mendy and yeah. and it was just i have nothing against being chipped I actually uh against trying the chip I would actually mm-hmm. say it's one of the more audacious things that you can try when you're taking a penalty. Yeah. But he was just so casual about it. He was so blase about it. There was no run up to the ball while he was stepping up to it. There was no uh there's no bluff so to speak. So it was fairly easy for Edward Mendy to like deal with it. He he yeah. even like fell over but the ball was just coming at him so slowly that he was able to recover and just like push it away with one hand and, and then catch it. It was it was a bit messy. Uh, yeah, and then I think uh with with Aguero what might be happening and then I think this applies for maybe Manchester City and this is just a guess but uh with Aguero it's his final season. Uh mm-hmm. he's done a lot for the club. They have pretty much bagged the Premier League title. Mm-hmm. Sadly, uh and mm-hmm. uh, they are on route to probably get um their hands on the champions league trophy mm-hmm. so i think the mentality also might have been i'm not saying that he went out with this mentality on the field but subconsciously maybe their focus is just the champions league it's not the right focus according to me i think you should treat every game with the utmost importance e- mm-hmm. e- even uh especially with chelsea right because this is sort of a showdown or like a just like a pre-game for the main event if i may say so myself yeah it it is it is and that's going to happen in 3 weeks in uh, istanbul yeah and hopefully hopefully chelsea will produce the goods again and they will go through and then mm-hmm. win the champions league I, i really hope chelsea wins i i really am not prepared for city to to lift the trophy i'm i'm really not here's hoping yeah so uh, i'm just going to quickly tell you the events of the second half at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chelsea were by far the better team in the second half. They were just out there with way more intensity and way more desire to like win the ball each time and mm-hmm. try stuff with it. And as you mentioned, uh, Hakim Ziyech's goal was yeah. it was a really nice move as a lot of them are recently when Chelsea attack. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of uh buried it into the bottom right corner with from quite a distance and that was that was pretty amazing to watch it was a great strike yeah. yeah there were a few opportunities that uh man city had but none of them were really really convincing at this point towards the end of the game we had marcos alonso scored it was such a such an audacious finish again he was just he was just there in the spot and 
in a crowded box and he just dinks it over the keeper and it's just a delicate finish i have this yeah. friend who says uh Mm-hmm. Marcos Alonso could effectively play in the striker's position and I think uh, some days when he does stuff like this I'm I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> you think he could be like a bail in the making? Uh maybe not. He's he's a bit old for that. He, he doesn't have that pace but he does have great finishing mm-hmm. instincts. Oh, that's that's it's it's always helpful when defenders can show up and you know put in that one extra goal mm-hmm. to to help out the team. Timo Werner got an assist. getting back to our topic. Yeah, he got an assist in a very important game and he's been getting a lot of assists yeah. even when he wasn't scoring when he had that lean patch in yeah. between. He has a lot of assists. Yeah. And you can tell by the way he plays, he, the runs he makes and uh just the the hunger to like make stuff happen even though he you can clearly tell he doesn't have confidence in his finishing at this yeah. point. He he still tries to be useful for the team on the pitch and yeah. I think I think it's just a matter of time before he comes good. It's just his first season so far and uh I think there have been quite a few um players who didn't really hit the ground running in the first season. There was sort of an adjustment period, but um after that they they sort of cemented their place as as greats. Yeah, I I think Timo Werner has the capability to to go ahead and and establish himself as as a good uh you know strike option for for chelsea uh he he has mm-hmm. uh, 12 goals so far this season across all competitions 14 assists mm-hmm. and that's a that's a that's those are impressive returns yeah yeah uh while the number of goal tallies has gone down he's assisted others so, and then as long as you're making key contributions like that in the team you you you're always going to be an integral part of the team i anticipate he's only going to get better maybe in season 2 mm-hmm. and season 3 on the uh, mm-hmm. the manager you have right now mm-hmm. um and i see him probably even not right now but once he maybe matures a little bit more even aiming for the golden boot Mm-hmm. or yeah having maybe the highest number of assists in a season who knows like he he has a lot of talent and he he is quite fast paced uh something that the premier he's he's a proper pace merchant yeah he is he is uh, he's like daniel james but without the panic sometimes i guess i mean he he has the panic like that's what <laughs> yeah. he needs to fix right now that's his yeah. biggest problem it's yeah. yeah but he he gets into those positions he does those strikery things without <laughs> just just without the uh, finish yeah well yeah if you could add finishing to that over the summer uh, break then is mm-hmm. uh, the the euros to look forward to maybe, oh, maybe yes. something yeah. happens yeah yeah but yeah that's that's those are our two cents on uh, the fiasco that was the european uh, super league and uh, mm-hmm. the enigma that is timo werner Yes, the alternate title for this episode was going to be we need to talk about Timo. <laughs> I think it's still course. going to be the I think I think it's still going to be the actual title. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. we're just going to add something about ESL. Mhm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, yep. Um I think that's an episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow, like, share and all that other stuff. Bye.